Well, thank you for joining me for another serenity break in which we take five to eight minutes to just kind of refresh ourselves, regroup, recoup, and uh, enjoy some spiritual refreshment before we go back into our day or evening. Uh, Today, I want to talk with you briefly about spiritual adultery. Uh, Adultery is a big topic in the Bible, of course, uh, beginning with Exodus 20 itself. uh, You shall not commit adultery as part of the Ten Commandments. Proverbs 6.32 says, He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. So adultery is is destructive. It represents a lack of sense. Um, Leviticus and Deuteronomy are very clear for the penalties of adultery. Both the man and the woman are to be stoned. And, and so you shall purge the evil from Israel. It says in Deuteronomy 22.22. So, adultery is not to be named among the people of God. However, it is very common these days, isn't it? It's very common politicians and and other public figures often commit adultery and they make some public apology and uh, speak to it as if it was an error in judgment and and want to just be restored and get back to life. And uh, and many times this happens in the church too. A celebrity pastor will fall, and then we're supposed to just say, "There, there, it's going to be okay." And, uh, but I don't know that we're dealing with spiritual adultery if we simply treat it and, and gloss it over like that. So spiritual adultery uh, is something that I think uh, lends itself to sexual adultery. I think a person who gets involved in actual, literal sexual adultery has been. Uh, had a theological issue, a spiritual issue, long before they got into the actual uh, um, sexual adultery. So let's look at the the bigger problem. The bigger problem, and that is spiritual adultery. So what do I mean by that? Spiritual adultery is very well laid out for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It's a text you've heard me mention perhaps many times, but it's always worth a refreshing a reminder. Uh, he says in 2 Corinthians 11, now Paul is speaking here as a father who's betrothed his virgin daughter to a husband. And as it was in those days, the, the, uh, the young man would ask for the, father, for the daughter's hand, the father would grant it, there would be a dowry pledge, and then the, the young man would go away and prepare to receive his new wife. And during that time, the father was responsible for the virtue of his daughter, of keeping her uh, safe and keeping her uh, devotion pure towards her uh, fiancé, her her husband. And so um, Paul says this to the Corinthians, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband, to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a, a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Now this is very serious. This is a, this is a matter of the fact that that a, an alternative Jesus 
operating from a different spirit other than the Holy Spirit and a different gospel altogether was be, being presented by these false teachers, these very articulate, very charismatic, very uh, 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 well-credentialed false teachers coming into Corinth who were, who were bringing into question Paul's apostolic credentials and presenting an alternative Jesus. And the uh, Christians at Corinth are being tempted into spiritual adultery to violate their commitment to Jesus as his pure and uh, bride. And so this is something that's very concerning for Paul. There's, there's godly jealousy, divine jealousy. And so there is this issue of spiritual adultery. Uh, and it always involves, for you and I as Christians, it always involves a different Jesus. Now, someone might say, well, yeah, I understand that if you're going to uh, start messing around with other religions or you're, you're getting, getting to some kind of a coexist thing where you can be a simultaneously be a Hindu or a Buddhist and still claim to be a Christian. Well, there, there is an element of truth to that for sure. But the most subtle th thing that you need to be aware of is the offering of an alternative Jesus. Now, in this case, the alternative Jesus was one who brought you back under law, including some philosophical, some Greek philosophical aspects to it. There's a lot to this, folks, because that's exactly what happened by the second century with the Greek apostolic fathers, that they, they reintroduced a form of Judaism combined with Greek philosophical thought and really redefined the gospel of grace. And so that led to the medieval theology, that led to the papacy and to the rise of the hierarchy and an alternative Jesus. Now, there has always been a pilgrim church. There have always been those throughout the ages who have remained faithful in their simplicity and their purity to the Lord Jesus Christ as he's revealed by the Holy Spirit and as he's revealed by the Spirit through the text of Scripture. So the best way for you to avoid spiritual adultery is to remain committed to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life in revealing Jesus to you exclusively through the text of Scripture and within healthy fellowship. Your fellowship with each other is one of the ways that that is applied into your life, but it is discovered within the text of Scripture. This means that movies like the popular The Chosen and other forms of art and other, the Jesus film back in the 90s, the other uh, forms of uh, statuary and artwork and things like that can be very uh, dangerous, be very subtle. The devil doesn't come up as, this, as Satan railing against Jesus Christ. He comes up as an angel of light presenting an alternative Christ, an alternative spirit, an alternative gospel. And it always is one that moves your heart away from the image of Christ. So how do you flee spiritual adultery? How do you avoid spiritual adultery? 
you look to Jesus in the text of Scripture and rely upon the ministry of the Holy Spirit to make him real to you and avoid all the other offerings, all the other suitors, and thus remain a pure virgin bride in simple devotion to her husband. Amen.